1: Good afternoon, good evening, everybody, or good morning, depending on where in the world you are. We've got Damien, uh, who I believe is one hour ahead of, of me in Germany. Uh, it must be 7 p.m. where you are, Damien, or are you the same no, time? It's actually,
0: you? yeah, same time, 6 p.m.
1: Ah, there you go. Damien. Damien's already shaking his head. Uh, as soon as I said he's one hour ahead, he's, he's shaking his head. Well, we're going to do plenty of shaking and nodding and, and agreeing and disagreeing over the next sort of 20 minutes or so. As we discuss, along with Mario, how are you doing, Mario, by the way?
2: Everything's okay. Thank you.
1: Are you excited? Are you nervous? Are you scared about some of the, the things I'm going to be putting your way, Mario? Um,
2: no, I'm looking forward.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I,
2: I'm curious to to know who the players are.
1: Good. Yes, we've got um, a few players lined up. As I say, this is a fairly short episode. Uh, to, to just let everybody know, we're going to be discussing whether 2022 could be described as a good year or a bad year, uh, a successful one or an unsuccessful one, positive, negative, etc. cetera. Um, listen, you can interpret the question in any way you want. I just want to hear it. I, I, I'll give you an example. If somebody was 150 in the rankings a year ago and now they are 25, probably they've had a good year. Equally, if they've gone the other way, they've probably had a bad year. Um, but it's so, so. It's kind of also about expectations, um, perhaps for Rafa Nadal or Novak Djokovic. If we think about twenty twenty three, if if neither of them win a slam, that would probably be a bad year for them. And yet, if it's um, uh, if it's Hubby Herkatch uh, winning a Masters and getting to a, a slam final, I think we could probably put that in a in a positive year for. Him, So that's kind of where we're at. Good year, bad year. And I'm going to be just random, almost randomly just saying, Mario, give me 60 seconds. Good year, bad year on. Boom. And I'll do the same for Damien. You'll both get 60 seconds more or less. I need to get my phone at the ready. Um, So that way I am all uh set. And you'll get 60 seconds. If you go five seconds over, that's okay. But if you go 10 seconds over, I will stop you. Also, if you speak for just 45 seconds, because you're very succinct, that is okay. You will both get each player, okay? And I, I, I can tell you, we've got seven players today. Also, feel free to let us know in the live chat whether you agree, good year, bad year, on the following players. So, uh, do you have any final questions, Mario? Um,
2: no, I have no questions.
1: Damien? Yeah, let's start. Excited right. for it. Uh, I, I would say let's start, but I just need to get something very quickly ready uh, before we do so. Okay, so the first player in good year, bad year, to be mentioned or to be asked, and it will be for you, Mario, first, is Fabio Fognini. Go, 60 seconds. Uh,
2: in my opinion, it's been a quite a bad year for him uh, because he, he hasn't been able to find some some consistency, at least in singles, um, throughout this season. He had some some physical issues. He's definitely um, probably getting older uh, now. And uh, even if I have to say that uh, uh, he has uh, done um, quite good things in, in doubles, uh, reaching almost uh, the ATP finals, and yeah, uh, I I would say that it's been quite a bad year for him because I I know I know um, how good he can play he can play tennis probably uh, not anymore so good like in the past uh, but I think he can do better than this.
1: Very good, Mario. And I'm just going to give a little clue for Damien as well on this. He has slipped from 37 to 56 in the rankings over the last month. Damien, 60 seconds. Fabio Fognini.
0: Yeah, not taking doubles into consideration, I think it's been a pretty terrible year for Fognini. Like, <laughs> you can't really remember any like that. There weren't any memorable runs. Uh, he probably made like a, an ATP tour semi or something. I think he played Alcaraz in one early in the year. But other than that, there was pretty much nothing. Uh, no big wins. I think he's even at sub 50% win rate for the year, especially towards the end of the season. He had a couple of performances where the uh, well, the motivation aspect, the focus, which he usually struggles with, was just terrible. Uh, I'm thinking of the retirement to Guinard. I'm thinking of uh, Vukic in Sofia or whatever it was. Um, yeah, and I, ju- I just think this was a real sleep up. He fell a lot in the rankings. Well, maybe not so much, 20 spots, but uh, it doesn't seem like he's actually going to, you know, to ascend the rankings anymore. Like, it-, it feels like this is a beginning of a decline and I would definitely say bad.
1: Yes, I would agree with all of that. Um, and yeah, I think the rankings... Tell a story, and I guess because of his age, 35, maybe motivation sometimes has been an issue, and you would think that'll only get worse. But Fabio, if you are watching, and I'm sure you are, you can click this and use it as motivation to go and win that Australian Open. Okay, next player in doubles, on our in list.
0: Doubles. <laughs> yeah, maybe in doubles.
1: We yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's
0: true. That's true, that's true either Mario.
1: Either. Thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. All right, next player, and we'll begin this time with you, Damien. Uh, the next player on our list is a guy who went from, well, 59 in the rankings a year ago. He's now world number 23, so he's more than halved his ranking, suggesting something. But I'll let Damien fill in the gaps for the first 60 seconds. The go we're going to be talking about is Lorenzo Musetti. Damien, oh, de- go. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely huge, good, uh, great even, I would say. Of course, breaking the you know the the, the sort of um, I, I don't know if it was a block, but we always thought that Musetti was gonna get an ATP title somewhere. He wasn't really you know close to doing the, doing it uh, most of the time, and then he gets Hamburg, then he gets Naples. He improved so much on uh, other surfaces than clay. Uh, even at the beginning of the year, he had that uh, Rotterdam run, and um, then later, of course, at the at the end of it, he was brilliant in Paris. He was brilliant in uh, Naples, as I mentioned. So. Uh, yeah, I think this was a huge step forward. Um, finally realizing that talent. I mean, finally, he's 20, so what am I even talking about? But th- there was a <laughs> bit of th- there was a bit of stagnation, definitely in in Musetti's career, and this year fixed all of that. Uh, yeah, even even you know he he, he still played like the next gen finals, but he already felt like he sort of out outgrown that event, and yeah, that's just another another way of uh sort of you know another way to draw a conclusion that this was definitely a good year for Massetti and I wouldn't really stop at good I think good is an understatement in this case
1: Mario 60 seconds go
2: I think he had uh, a very good a very good season uh, especially from April uh till now cuz uh, in April I remember he was like uh, 78 80 in the rankings so he he improved a lot uh, ranking-wise and uh, uh, I would say um, even uh, um, with his forehand, uh, he has improved a lot and uh, um, winning two ATP titles, beating uh, um, Carlos Alcaraz and Matteo Berrettini, uh, probably last year, I uh, <laughs> I wouldn't have trusted to, to this story. Uh, yeah, then he, he had a, a win over Kasper Road, we have said in Turin uh, uh what he did uh, and i i say that uh, uh he's ready to to break in the top 20 till next year and i i think that he probably he um, yeah definitely had a very good year and yeah no, i no more to say um, because uh it's it's clear for me no um, i no negative things to say about him
1: Nice one, Mario. I think we'd all be in agreement with that, that it has been an excellent year. Uh, The titles and the improvement in ranking are that. But it's also interesting, Mario, suggesting that um, maybe Musetti will break that top 20. Of course, he's only uh, three spots away right now.
2: 18
1: plus okay next player on our list good year bad year let's begin with damien again which makes mario's job of going second a little bit harder but i will mix it up so damien you're going to go first on our next player and it's our first wta player and it is martina trevisan (laughs) every time (laughs) okay this is a pretty hilarious example i have to say go (sighs) damien
0: go Honestly, I, I, I think I have to say good. I mean, uh, even though it's like just two runs or basically just three good weeks, and that's Rabat's, uh, the I think it was her first WTA Tour title, and then the, the quarters at the French, of course, the semis at the French. Uh, otherwise, she was mostly like losing first rounds in WTA events, so um as far as you could probably argue that it wasn't that great because for most of the year she was you know she was a seed in wta events and losing first round losing to unranked losing to players ranked so so much lower than her but still making a slam semi i think is huge enough and also that that first wta tour title she basically peaked for like three weeks this year and i think that's still enough for for us to think of her, of this as her uh, well best season up to date and uh, a good season in, in 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 the in the video that we're doing
1: yeah right and of course her ranking would suggest so i mean that semi final i'm sure is is basically the reason why she's shot up yeah. so much mario good year bad year trevisan go
2: um i think that overall uh, it's been a good year uh, because she she showed that at least on clay uh, she can be a very dangerous player uh we uh we tend to to forget that uh, um, Martina uh, in 2020 reached the quarterfinals at French Open, and uh, uh, she backed that result, uh, reaching semis this year. Uh, so um, I think that she uh, she proved at least on this surface, uh, on slower courts, on clay, that uh, uh, she uh, she deserved that ranking, um, and. Yeah, I think that uh, uh, I know. I personally know uh, a lot about her career, her story. Uh, so I, uh, I would say that it's been uh, it's been a good year for her. Um, probably, um, I'd like to see her a little bit, uh, um, uh, a little bit more competitive uh, on on fast courts. Uh, But yeah, that's okay. I think that uh, having reached the the Roland Garros semifinals and her first uh, WTA title, that's a great result.
1: Great, thank you very much. We are coming to our first player who a year ago was in the top 10, but is no longer in the top 10. So whether that will shape our opinion, I don't know. But I'm going to bring you in first, Mario. Uh, This guy... Uh, on the ATP, as I, as I suggested with saying this guy, um, is mm. Matteo Berrettini, good year, bad year? Uh, bad,
2: bad year from Berrettini. Uh, a lot of injuries, yeah. Um, that must be said. Uh, but I think that... Uh, mm, he struggled a bit, uh, even when fully fit against uh, very top guys. Uh, I, I can't remember a very good win um, against uh, uh, a very high-ranked player. Uh, yeah, but he at least he won an ATP 500 titles uh, on grass. Uh, he's been unlucky in Wimbledon, I have to say that. Uh, because definitely was like uh, the third or fourth contender. Uh, but overall, I, I can't judge his 2022 as good,
1: to be honest. Damien, go. 60 seconds.
0: Yeah, I, I want to sort of just say mediocre. I, I would be leaning more towards good than bad because when we actually saw him on the court, he was still pretty excellent. Uh, he's shown that, you know, especially in best of five play, he's always a force. Which again makes it such a shame that he wasn't able to compete at Wimbledon. To me, he was the second favorite coming into that uh, into that event. Even, uh, you know, having having just won nine grass matches in a row, having uh, I think he was also returning from injury and and then just you know just killed the grass season and of course terribly unlucky to get COVID there. Um, yeah, I, I think just whenever we saw him, he was actually good enough. I think. I haven't checked that, but I think his win rate for the year would be something excellent. He just wasn't able to play much because of yeah getting injured a few times. Uh, and yeah, but but yeah, I agree that there hasn't really been any like statement wins. Of course, he beat Alcaraz at the Australian Open, but that was still Alcaraz ranked like Wherever Carlos was at the beginning of the year, probably 30, 30-ish, 30-something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was like the 20-something seed. So yeah, the, perhaps there hasn't been any uh, statement wins, but I think he, whenever we he was able to take the court, he was actually pretty good. So uh, I'm leaning more towards good, but it's not a very clear answer for me.
1: I think, um, because this is the first one, I really have something to add, um, and I will do so, therefore, is I think with, for me, Mateo's year, you could put a good, but there would have to be an asterisk, and you could put a bad, and there would be an asterisk. And and the reason being is that I actually do put a lot of weight behind that win against Carlos. I do think Carlos was already approaching... What actually turned out to me to be the best four or five months period for him this year. I know he won the US Open in September, but I actually think his form in Australia in the first two rounds was sensational. And it was five sets and it was tight. And I think it was a a good win. But you could also, the asterisk on the bad or or the, the way of bad is the backhand. And I watched the the semi final against Nadal um, on TV. I watched it in Hungarian of all languages. Uh, I happened to be in Hungary at the time. I didn't just find Hungarian because I thought it would be amusing, but um, I was just the commentators were laughing every time Rafa would pick up the backhand. Um, it was kind of funny that I didn't understand anything they were saying until they they laughed at that point. And yeah, I, I also think the asterisk, of course, has to be mentioned with Wimbledon. Super, super, super unlucky. I'm with you, Damien. I would have had him as second favourite going into that tournament. Unbeaten on grass. Was looking amazing. Contracts COVID just on the eve of his first round. I think the best person who who came out of that, by the way, was Christian Gowen, because suddenly his his first round opponent, I think, was gone. And that was where he was going to go out. Before you know it, Gowen's in the quarterfinals at Wimbledon. But um, anyway, and the other thing, just one more, and I've probably gone over my minute and I apologise. The US Open is a disappointment, though, because... I think that was there for someone to get to the final with certain players going out. And I think to lose as tamely to Kasper Rude, I think it was as he did disappointing. Yeah. He but, lost uh, bad. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Anyway, I think we've spoken about five minutes on Berettini. So we should move on to our next player. Uh, number five on our list. Um, we have a list of seven, so we're over halfway. I'm sure the audience will be pleased to know. The next one on our list is, as I need to, get and we'll come to Mario first on this one and it is
2: I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes press 2. Uh, what to say? Uh, it's been a terrible year for Camilla Giorgi, in my opinion. Uh, probably not only in mine. Um, she played very few matches. Um, to be honest, um, she's been uh, quite injury uh, at the beginning of the year. But she 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 played very very few matches in general. And, um, yeah, in, in Roland Garros, she played, uh, she she had a quite a good run. She reached the second week. Uh, and I actually uh, thought that uh, probably um, she could have had uh, a new start of her season, uh, but that was not the case. And so, yeah, 16 wins, 16 losses uh, um, yeah only 32 matches is very is, is a very low number um but yeah for for a player that last year uh won a WTA 1000 title uh that's that's a, a terrible year in my opinion.
1: Damien go.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I can't really remember much about Georgie Sierra, honestly. And I don't think that's the, you know that's a, an example of me just not caring about the WTA Tour. That That's just what it was. Just sort of not really memorable. Yeah, as, as Mario said, she didn't play that much. Uh, at the French, I definitely thought she was in form. She was uh, in, in the first few rounds. I think she was in the um, top half of the draw with Siontek. So uh, that was like one of the contenders potentially that we thought maybe could uh, upset Iga, you know, because Georgie, if she plays well, she can beat anyone. And, uh, and then she lost, suffered like a very heavy defeat to someone Kasatkina maybe. Uh, And and that's, uh, that's, I think like just the only real run she had this year, which makes it probably a poor year for her standards considering that last year she won a WTA thousand title. So, uh, that contrast between winning a, a thousand title, you know, the, the biggest one of her career and yeah, not playing for like half the season this year, I think that contrast just makes me definitely lean towards, but...
1: For me, my biggest memory of Georgie this year was uh, New York second round Madison Keys in what was a pretty epic match, actually, uh, and arguably one of the best matches of the year, particularly on the WTA side with Madison Keys emerging 10-6, I think it was, in a in a super tie break. So that's my biggest memory of Georgie this year, but her ranking slipping and obviously having won a, uh, a, a 1,000 event last year and not doing so this year would suggest it wasn't the best year. OK, number six on our list, and I'll come to you, therefore, first, Damien. Is Lorenzo Sonego go down?
0: That's a tough one. Uh, I'm not sure. I I think he's probably ranked like similarly to where he was last year, right? Maybe a little lower. He has dropped a bit. He was 27 a
1: year ago, and he's now 45.
0: But I think it was this year that he had his uh, career high uh, almost in the top 20, which honestly was pretty wild. Like, it didn't seem like Sonego has results like that. Uh, But still, um, yeah, I think probably, of of course, the best part of his year will be the Mets ATP 250 title, uh, beat Hurkacz uh, in the semis and someone else in the final whom I don't remember right now. But, uh, well, anyhow, uh, I think that makes it a very acceptable year. Uh, Probably more towards... Yeah, just average rather than good or bad for me. Like, I, I can't really, you know, honestly call it good, but I also can't call it bad. He still won an ATP Tour title. That's probably around what you expect from Sonnego at this point. What what makes me sort of refrain from calling it uh, b- great or good is that, you know, there were many very disappointing losses, like especially towards the end of the year you know it's it's still fresh in my memory that he lost to zapata mirales in their hardcourts or i think in naples he even's he was the guy who bias snapped his losing streak against like that's that's just straight up unacceptable for a guy who uh, well plays well on all surfaces against these guys who generally struggle translating their game of clay so yeah just average honestly
1: great mario go
2: uh, I think average too. Uh, I have to say that I think that his ranking now uh, suits better him than the ranking he had last year. I have to be honest. Um, but so I so I I won't judge his year as pretty bad, like some people do. I think that he. Um, he did his job he had some some good runs like in mats where he won his third title um, yeah i think in in wimbledon he played he played quite well i remember um it's it's difficult <laughs> i have to say that it's difficult because i can't see a bad year but i can't say it was a memorable year. Uh, yeah, I think that on hardcourt uh, he was able to do more. Uh, yeah, he won a title 250, but I remember he in in 2020 he reached the final in in Vienna. Um, so he um, not a bad year, but he can do a bit better for me.
1: Okay, great. Thank you, Mario. Now to our final player in today's episode of Good Year, Bad Year. Uh, Also on the ATP side. Uh, Also somebody that was in the top 10 a year ago, but is no longer in the top 10. Um, But I think, well, let's see what you've got to say. Mario, let's go with you first. Give me 60 seconds, Good Year, Bad Year, on Yannick Sinner.
2: Um, I think that... uh, um... I can't say that uh, uh, it's been a very bad year. Uh, probably expectations uh, were a little bit higher, uh, but uh, um, he struggled a bit physically, and probably he's working uh, uh, he's working hard in this off season. Um, but uh, um, he, yeah, he he had. Uh, Forty-seven wins is quite a high number. Uh, and he reached the quarterfinals at three Grand Slams. He did the second week in every in every slam. He's been unlucky in Roland Garros where he was dominating against Rublev. Then he he injured his knee. Mm. Um, but he he showed a very good improvement on grass because he he had not won a single match on grass in his career, and he's been two sets to love against Novak uh, in Wimbledon quarterfinals after beating Alcaraz, Um, that epic match um, in the U.S. Open. Um, So, yeah, I think that overall it's been been a a good year, Um, but with an asterisk, because I expect him to do better, even better. In 2023. So for now, it's quite enough. But uh, in, I want to see some improvements next season.
1: Agree, Mario. I've got nothing to add, in, in my opinion. So, Damien, 60 seconds, Yannick Sinners 2022. Yeah, if someone was expecting him to win Grand Slam titles
0: this year, then you know the answer is probably bad i was not so i'm leaning more towards good but it's complicated because of all the health issues right whenever he was actually on the court uh he was generally doing well i think just twice he didn't win like um and a match in an, in an event he played he was generally winning against lower ranked players very consistently uh, but you know you could definitely argue that he was a bit more of a regular quarter finalist than actually contending for titles with some exceptions of course he won umag uh, but that's probably slightly disappointing considering where the expectations of the general public are towards him and where his expectations definitely are i'm far from thinking that he was very close to winning two slam titles because i think there's still a uh like there's there's still a big jump between having a match point in the US Open quarterfinals against Alcaraz and actually winning the title later against Tiafo and Ruth. Uh, but but these two events I think uh, Wimbledon and US Open, because of the reasons which Mario said that you know before on Grass he only had some qualifying wins, uh yeah, and that suddenly goes and plays so well at Wimbledon. I think these two events really saved it for me. And I would I'm leaning more towards good, but it, it also cannot be a clear answer.
1: I think I agree with everything you've said. I think generally, okay, Um, you know, very, very close to beating Carlos. I agree uh, with Damien as well that there's still a lot of work to do, but you would imagine you would imagine with the way things had turned out maybe he would have become the favorite to win that tournament had he done so huge strides on grass but I never felt even though he was uh two sets to love up at no point did I think he was beating <laughs> Novak it's it, yeah, yeah it's kind of weird that you've got a guy who's two sets to love up but you just if you watch the match it I think maybe Novak might even have been a breakup in the first set I'm not sure um but it was it was yeah. unusual but But listen, overall, I I would probably go slightly more towards good, despite the fact his rankings have slipped. I think it's also slipped a bit because because of the injuries he's picked up, particularly in the last few weeks. So generally for me, positive on Yannick Sinner. Listen, uh, also positive on Mario and Damien and uh, their years. I'm sure they've been amazing, even though we've only crossed paths really in the last few weeks. Um, It's been a good year thus far uh, on Talking Tennis. And I look forward to having you guys on again very soon, maybe to discuss some more good years and bad years.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> sure. Damien, so thanks very Th- much. This well. was
0: a bit of a surprise that all the players were <laughs> Italian, but you know, at yes, least well, he chose honest, a nation can... that has a lot of interesting players. I mean, there, there were definitely some <laughs> cases like Sonego, Sinner, Trevisan but, uh, that weren't clear at all. So, so this, when yeah. I...
1: Yeah, right. It's difficult. I know. But when I um decided to go ahead with this 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 video today, I was like, well, I mean, I've had this idea for good year, bad year for a couple of weeks now. It was kind of spontaneous today that I had a little gap in my schedule. So I thought I'll take advantage. And when Mario says, hey, I'll join you at six o'clock Central European time. <laughs> and of course, I'd asked a few other people, but it didn't quite work out. So I was like, okay, tell you what, if it's going to be Mario and I, uh, we'll go down, We'll I'll, I'll get seven players um, from the ATP and, and WTA if you like and uh, see what he's got to say and then about 10 minutes later Damien says oh i'll, I'll join and it was i was like there's no way i'm going to get half a dozen polish as well I, 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 no, no, no time so so then it was like i wonder if he's noticed because on the thumbnail i think i had camilla giorgi and berattini uh, i did not twin. see that. i did not see the thumbnail so don't worry don't worry i i, I, I suppose but uh, anyway so that's where we are but at least now i've got italy done uh, and now I can just do the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, it sort of felt felt like this, right? I
0: mean, Italy has everything: the ATP Chairman, uh, the next Gen finals, the ATP finals. <laughs> yes, right. So many, so many Italian youngsters <laughs> coming through the rankings. So it is a bit like Italy. There we go. Rest We've got to, to do world. Italy,
1: and then we'll do the rest. Yeah. Listen, guys, thank you very much anyway for coming on board today. Thank First you, of all, I'm gonna. Uh, do this, which will be covering our faces. Then I will press this. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis.
0: Sports, social, podcast network.
2: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.